Our reading today comes from Ezekiel chapter 29, verses 1 to 16. Ezekiel 29, verses 1 to 16. On January the 7th, during the 10th year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face Egypt and prophesy against Pharaoh the king and all the people of Egypt. Give them this message from the sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Pharaoh, king of Egypt, you great monster lurking in the streams of the Nile. For you have said, the Nile River is mine. I made it for myself. I will put hooks in your jaws and drag you out on the land with fish sticking to your scales. I will leave you and all your fish stranded in the wilderness to die. You will lie unburied on the open ground, for I have given you as food to the wild animals and birds. All the people of Egypt will know that I am the Lord, for to Israel you were just a staff made of reeds. When Israel leaned on you, you splintered and broke and stabbed her in the armpit. When she put her weight on you, you collapsed and her legs gave way. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will bring an army against you, O Egypt, and destroy both people and animals. The land of Egypt will become a desolate wasteland, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Because you said the Nile River is mine, I made it. I am now the enemy of both you and your river. I will make the land of Egypt a totally desolate wasteland from Migdol to Aswan, as far south as the border of Ethiopia. For 40 years, not a soul will pass that way, neither people nor animals. It will be completely uninhabited. I will make Egypt desolate and, I will be surround, and it will be surrounded by other desolate nations. Its cities will be empty and desolate for 40 years, surrounded by other ruined cities. I will scatter the Egyptians to distant lands. But this is what the Sovereign Lord also says. At the end of the 40 years, I will bring the Egyptians home again from the nations to which they have been scattered I will restore the prosperity of Egypt and bring its people back to the land of Pathros in southern Egypt from which they came. But Egypt will remain an unimportant minor kingdom. It will be the lowliest of all the nations, never again great enough to rise above its neighbors. Then Israel will no longer be tempted to trust in Egypt for help. Egypt's shattered condition will remind Israel of how sinful she was to trust Egypt in earlier days. Then Israel will know that I am the sovereign Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Well, thanks, Glennis, for reading, for praying. And yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, colorful passage. Um, it's, I think it's a great book, Ezekiel. Now, I like hiking, as you know. Um, I might not go this afternoon. don't know about you. But uh, <laughs> and there's this famous uh, Christian joke. There is this man, and he's uh, hiking, and he walks a bit too close to the edge of the cliff. And what happens? Well, he slips, and he ends up kind of... 
yeah, he ends up dangling, <laughs> dangling from the cliff. And uh, he, yeah, he calls out, please, anyone, save me, save me, please. And then he hears this deep voice behind him. This voice saying, I'll save you. Uh, just let go and I'll catch you. And the man thinks for a moment, is there anyone else who can save me? Now, <laughs> I think you, you get the point, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, what, you, what would you have done? <laughs> you know, it sounds rather scary. The thing is, here is an invisible hand, someone invisible, and you just let yourself fall. I mean, you wouldn't do that, right? You want something concrete. Maybe there's another hiker, or give me a rope, uh, a hand. And that's when I would do that. I mean, I don't know if you're that kind of person. I'm, I like concrete things. I like to have everything under control, everything planned, everything in place, because it makes me feel secure. This is something tangible, material. I, I can rely on that. Now, as Christians, of course, we, we walk by faith, not by sight. So that's what the Bible tells us. Of course, the question is, uh, do we really do that? It's very easy to walk by faith when actually I have a secure job and I've got enough money in the bank and uh, everything is looking fine. You know, of course, I'll, I trust God in that case. But would you trust God in this case? Yeah, would you trust God when all that is gone? And actually trusting God can be, seems hard. It's, it seems, you know, there's nothing else left here. <laughs> Will I then trust God? It's hard to have faith. And then I prefer something tangible. Yeah, I don't know what, again, I don't know what you think of the, uh, the future here at Hong Kong. Something tangible, like a British national overseas passport. Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, that's gift security. Well, today is a great, great passage for that. It will address us in this situation. Um, it's amazing how relevant this is. Now, this is weird stuff, of course. You know, it's colorful, but it's uh, some of the, you know, Old Testament prophets. I think they're quite hard books, so we need to do a bit of thinking. But I think it will, yeah, it will definitely speak to us. Now, as you've heard, we've kind of left judgment against Egypt behind now, uh, against Israel. We've had a few weeks Israel facing judgment, but if you've been reading along chapter 24, that's very much, okay, that's done. Uh, the Babylonians are at the gate. Uh, Jerusalem is doomed. There's no, nothing more to say, no escape. And maybe you'd expect now God to start giving more hope again. But instead, we get eight chapters of judgment against foreign nations. Uh, why is that there? Especially, well, today, clearly, you've heard it. It's against Egypt, right? Uh, all the time, I'm against you, Egypt, and I'm going to judge you. I'm going to make you desolate. Uh, I'm against Pharaoh. I'm against Egypt. And, you know, I'm going to kill men and beasts. He's against Egypt. Now, to understand that, I guess we, we shouldn't think of Egypt today. I don't know what you think of Egypt. It's this, uh, this country in the Middle East. It's got some nice pyramids. And if you're rich, you can go there. You can go diving. What's wrong with that? <laughs> now, we need to read it as if we were lived back then. What was Egypt back then? Well, I mean, at the start of the Bible, of course, that's the you know, Exodus. That's the place of slavery. But here, 900 years later, what was Egypt? Well, they were, that, they were a powerful kingdom to the south of Israel. There were a lot of more powerful nations, the Assyrians, the Babylonians. But certainly at this time, Babylon ruled most of the Middle East, but you know, there was the kingdom of Egypt uh, to the south. And, and they, they, were, they were powerful. They were basically the other superpower around. 
And they weren't very aggressive. You read Kings, and it's not that they had lots of run-ins with Egypt. They were, uh, yeah, they, they were not aggressive, but they were powerful. And that's where the problem comes. Because with pride, well, with power comes pride. And, uh, well, as we see in these chapters, uh, <laughs> God, well, God will bring down any rivals. He's going he's gonna to judge Egypt, mainly because, well, they are acting as if they are God. And God is saying, no, I'm God, and you're not. And I want to make that clear to you. Now, you've heard that, right? It's, it's this colorful picture, but uh, verse 3. Uh, I'm against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, you great monster lying among your streams. And you say, the Nile belongs to me. I made it for myself. Now, it, it's very, you know, what is this dragon in the streams, in the Nile? It's kind of like this big, fat crocodile, right? He imagines Pharaoh as this, this crocodile. And of course, the, the crocodile, right? That's the king of the Nile. I mean, these, these beasts can grow five meters long, right? And they're, they're powerful, and they have these sharp teeth in their big jaws. You, you don't mess with a crocodile, right? They're the, they're the boss. They're the king. They, they rule the Nile. <laughs> and so Pharaoh thinks, well, I, I rule the Nile. Uh, but it's that, that pride, that's, it's not just a bit of pride, right? It's, I made it for myself. You're claiming, you know, I'm, I'm God. This is all mine. And God, I've done this. And, well, God is going to bring them down to size. No, you are not God. And so, what would they do? How would they catch crocodiles in ancient Egypt? Well, I'm going to put hooks in your jaw. And, uh, you know, we're going to pull you out and kill you and leave you out there rotting in the desert. And, right, Pharaoh, you are not God. You're just, yeah, just like a crocodile that gets killed, you're going to be, well, hunted down. And, yeah, because you're not God. And, yeah, that goes through different oracles, three different oracles, but they all end the same way, right? You will know that I am the Lord. I'm God, and, and you're not. <laughs> and, again, you, uh, I'm against you. Verse 10, because you said the Nile is mine, I made it, therefore I'm against you. And, you know, I'm, you're going to be devastated and your people are going to be exiled. And when they come back 40 years later, I'll bring them back, but they're just going to be a lowly kingdom. They're not going to rule over anyone. You're going to be humbled and you will know that I am the Lord. And you're not, no one else. I think you get that. Uh, you get it a lot, actually. You know, this is Egypt. Before this, you have three chapters of Tyre. Tyre, this rich harbor city, lots of trade, lots of money, a bit like Hong Kong. But what was Tyre saying again? You know, I am God and no one can touch me. Well, no. <laughs> That's the thing here, isn't it? God will bring down these rivals. I mean, it seems harsh, I know. But remember, this is God's world, right? He made everything, he sustains everything, and everything we have, everything we are, it comes from him. I mean, we heard that with the children's talk, right? <laughs> Kids, you haven't, you can't take care of yourself. You need parents. Well, everyone needs God. So then to say that, you know, I can do it myself, I have done all this myself, instead of glorifying God and honoring him and thanking him and being humble, that's, that's pride, that's sin. And... You know, often God lets us get away with it. But sometimes he acts and shows who's really in charge. And with Israel, again, hundreds of years of idolatry, 
God let him get away with it, but now in Ezekiel, well, you will know I'm the Lord. I'm going to act. And again with the nations, they got away with it for a while, but okay, now I'm just going to show who is in charge. And I guess God does that today. I don't know if you recognize yourself here in Pharaoh. I often, I can see, I do something well, and I think, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at this. Shatton Church is so lucky to have me. And then God very kindly, <laughs> he messes things up and I realize again that I, I can't do anything. It, it humbles me, right? He, I need to remember, you know, I'm not God. He is. And I, <laughs> I can't save anything, right? It's not just us. Celebrities come down in scandals, politicians, countries... You know, the virus has done a lot of that, right? Big politicians who thought they have everything under control. Countries that thought no one can touch us, nothing will happen to us. And now they're a big mess and they don't know how to handle it. That's, you know, maybe that's God humbling them. Saying, no, no, you are not God. I am. But, but, but why? What should we do with that? Of course, we shouldn't be proud, we should be humble. But that's not the big thing here. Because, you know, you read this, actually these messages were not meant for Egypt. I mean, Ezekiel was a captive in Babylon. He couldn't really go there and bring the message, right? And there was no online service back then that you could tune into. (laughs) No, who was supposed to hear this? It's Israel. It's Judah. They had to hear, look, I'm going to, what I'm going to do to Egypt. Look, guys, I want you to listen to this. And why? Well, it's on the screen. Well, to stop them trusting. You know, God will bring down any rivals to stop us trusting them. Because that's the problem, isn't it? What do you do with a powerful kingdom? Well, you tend to trust it. And we heard it in verse 16. Egypt will no longer be a source of confidence for the people of Israel. There will be no longer something that they will trust in. Instead, uh, it will be a reminder of their sin in turning to them for help. Because Israel constantly did that. You know, the Assyrians are attacking you, or the Babylonians. And what are you going to do? Are you going to pray, right, and ask God for help? No. They sent messengers to Egypt. They sent gold to Egypt. Please come and help us. Constantly. You read the prophets. You read Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, everywhere. Guys, don't go to Egypt. Don't trust in Egypt. That's what they keep doing. Even you know, a year before this oracle happened, that's what they done. They asked Egypt, oh, come and help me. Uh, the Babylonians are attacking. And so the, uh, yeah, the Egyptians, yeah, they, they took the gold and they, they marched out, tried to lure the Babylonians away. It didn't quite work. And <laughs> actually Israel suffered. You know, they trusted in Egypt, but actually Egypt didn't help them. It wasn't a very good supply, uh, source of help. I think that's what verse 6 is about. And it is a great image, the the staff of reed. You have been a staff of reed for the people of Israel. Uh, I don't know, we we don't have staffs, have a hiking stick. You know, you want a big firm stick that you can lean on and rely on. Except that, well, Egypt was a staff made of reed. And when they grasped you with their hands, you splintered. And you tore open their shoulders. When they leaned on you, you broke 
and their backs were wrenched. And you can imagine you want to lean on your hiking stick and instead it, uh, it pierces your hand and it breaks and you wrench your shoulder and you got hurt. Don't, that's a stupid thing to trust in. It will hurt you. And you know, guys, you've done that and you shouldn't. And so <laughs> don't do that again. Don't trust in Egypt. Right? And then it's, it's even in the, the thing with the crocodile. Right? It's in every passage, because did you notice the fish in that first oracle? Did you notice the fish? Yeah, here's the crocodile, but then verse 4. I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your stream stick to your scales. I will pull you out from among your streams with all the fish sticking to your scales. I will leave you in the desert, you and all the fish of your streams. It's always you and the fish. You and the fish. And what are these fish? I guess it's, you know, people who've trusted in Egypt. The kind of, hey, the Nile, that's great. That Nile is so secure because the crocodile is, uh, you know, he's the king. So let me go live in the Nile and then I'm, I'm a happy fish. Right? That's the idea. But, well, the crocodile will be gone and so will the fish. Don't be a fish. Right? That's the idea. <laughs> Don't trust in Egypt. They can't save you. Uh, they're going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring them down. They're going to be a nation just like everyone else. You can't trust them. And in fact, maybe you shouldn't trust them. Let me do something about your trusting in them. Let me bring them down to stop you trusting in them. And I think that's what these people really needed to hear. It's not what they wanted to hear, but what they really needed. I mean, they've just been told that Jerusalem... It's going to be doomed. And there's nothing they can do, right? They're in Babylon. They're big hope. Maybe soon I can come back. They're kind of longing. Oh, no, we want to come back to church. Well, they wanted to go back to Jerusalem. And that was over. Are they going to trust God now? No. Where, where else can I go? You know, where else can I find help? That's what they were like. I mean, we can see that in our life, right? We have problems in one place, we go somewhere else. Maybe your, your marriage, is your family, it's a lot of trouble. Well, let me go spend time at work and that will help me. That will satisfy me. You know, my work is difficult. Oh, Netflix, that will satisfy me. We always look for something else. And that's what they were doing. And God says, no, don't trust in Egypt. It's going to end badly. You know what? Let me remove this temptation for you. Let me bring them down, and you can see they are not God. I am. They can't save you. I can. Don't trust them. Right? It's, it's a loving thing, in a way, what God is doing, taking away this, this temptation, this source of confidence. Yeah. Now, what should they trust in? They should trust in the Lord. Right? They should trust in, in Him, in His future restoration, in what He will do. I mean, if you look ahead to verse 21, it's after the next oracle, but God, you know, all through these chapters, there's hope. And God says, on that day, I'll make a horn grow for the Israelites. And one day in the future, you know, a horn, again, it's, a, it's an image of strength. It's, it's a strong king. It's the Messiah. One, you know, in the future, this king is going to come. Uh, look at Psalm 132 if you want to see more. You know, this king is going to come. So keep trusting in me. You know, I'm going to restore Israel. There's going to be a Messiah, a king who will save you, who will sort everything out. Keep trusting in me. Don't trust in Egypt. But of course, yeah, Egypt looks powerful. Egypt looks very good. I mean, they're, they're so tangible, right? 
I mean, waiting in Babylon for 70 years, that's pretty hard. Can we really trust God, this invisible God and his invisible promise of an invisible Messiah? Well, 70 years later, maybe. Uh, Egypt seems so secure now. That's the problem. No, God says, let me make sure, show you. They are, that's not secure. I'm going to bring them down. And you can see they are not God. I am. And it's like that guy hanging on the cliff. And he doesn't want to let go. So there's a, oh, there's, there's a twig there. Maybe I can grab that. And, and God takes it away. No, don't trust that. Oh, oh, there's another guy over there. Maybe I can ask him for help. And God takes that guy away. No, <laughs> there's only one way. You need to let go. You need to trust me. You can't trust any of these other things. I think that's the message, right? And I guess that's what God is still like. He takes away the things we wrongly trust in and brings us back to him. Now, how do we see that? I guess the message is clear, right? Don't, don't be a fish. <laughs> right? How might we do that? How might we? I mean, the virus has <laughs> so many things that we trust in have been taken away, right? I think it's been so humbling. So many people, the virus came here in Hong Kong, and then they, well, they go to another country. Well, hopefully there I'm safe. <laughs> and then, of course, now there's a million of cases there, and they've all come back. You couldn't trust that. Maybe some of us, we, we, we love our money and the economy. That is what we trust in. And now that's all crashed to the ground, right? The economy is not doing great. Maybe your hopes were in your education and getting the best career. And now you've had five months of online learning and your grades are down, down, down. And what is that going to mean for your future? You can't trust in your education. You can't even go on a foreign holiday and escape all this, kind of the, the relaxing you need. <laughs> you have to, you're facing a summer in hot and muggy Hong Kong. Everything's taken away, right? Everything is, yeah, God says, trust in me, <laughs> you know? Maybe God is humbling us and pointing us back, okay, what do we really trust in? Although I think the bigger applications that we can make, this is about other nations, right? Politics, again, what do we trust in? Maybe you're blue and you, you want safety and security and you think if, you know, if China just comes in, then hopefully it will be safe and secure here, and, right? That's, that's what you trust in. Are you really sure China's going to last? You know, the pride, you know, look at what we've done in the last 70 years. Every empire has fallen. They will fall, and then where will you be? Right? I don't think you, you can trust that. Don't be a fish. I don't know, if I'm a fish, I wouldn't trust a crocodile anyway, but, you know, you get the imagery here. Don't be a fish. Or maybe more yellow, right? You, you, democracy, that's going to save me. Well, democracy doesn't always work. Look at some of the mess in Europe. <laughs> or, you know, you see these people, oh, President Trump, please save us. You know, make Hong Kong great again. Well, of course, that sounds appealing. But, you know, what if Trump leaves office in disgrace this year? Uh, what if the uh, US collapses because of their economy and they're not going to help you at all? What then? And these things won't last. In fact, we know they won't last. God is going to make sure that he is God. And anyone else who claims to be the Savior, God will humble them. So that it's not... Of course, I can understand it, right? They, they look powerful. 
you know, a British passport, again, that looks very good. Although at the same time, you know, the UK isn't perfect. I don't know what's going to happen when they crash out of the EU end of this year without a deal. I mean, <laughs> right? You can't trust it. Of course, it looks so much better, right? I mean, here is some, Trump has power and praying. It seems so powerless, right? Pray. You know, praying to this invisible God. You don't think that's going to really help you in a desperate situation. And someone who is tangible and physical probably does. Well, God says, no, don't trust them. Don't trust the big fat crocodile. Don't trust Egypt. Yeah? I'm the Lord, no one else. And you're going to see that. Don't trust them. Now, of course, when I say that, it sounds like, okay, you know, they have to stay in Babylon, you stay here in Hong Kong. That's what I'm saying, right? Don't get a British passport. Things are different now. When we're in the New Testament, not the Old Testament. Back then, God's people, were, they were just in one place. And that was God's special place, Jerusalem. And now they were in Babylon, and they had to stay there, and God will bring them back. And they couldn't go to Egypt. I mean, right now, it's great to go to Egypt. You know, they need missionaries. It is, things have changed now. God doesn't have special countries anymore. You know, we are all, as Christian citizens of heaven, that is our country. And we just meet here now together uh, in the church. But, you know, we are not from a certain country. Uh, we, we, there's not a certain country that here is our country. And so, in a way, it doesn't matter where you live. The church is everywhere. Back then, the application was very simple. Don't go to Egypt. For us, actually, you, you can live anywhere. Huh? Actually, you know, money. It's a big idol, but it, it doesn't say get rid of all your money. Money is a good thing. It's nice to have money. You just you can't trust it. Right? Uh, Britain, maybe it's better than here. You know, it's a lovely country. I've lived there for 15 years. Again, you can't trust it, isn't it? It's not about, you know, um, moving there. It's about your heart. Well, what is your heart like? Huh? Uh, that's the problem. So, you know, you hear about this security law. What is your first response? Is your first response, okay, Google, uh, how can I leave Hong Kong? Is that your very first response? Or does God come first? Do you start with prayer? Lord, um, I believe you're in control, and I trust you. What do you want me to do? That's very different, right? Is prayer the first thing you do or the last thing you do? And when you pray, do you pray, oh, Lord, please help me get out of here. You've already decided, right? Or do you come to God? Right? Then you are putting God first. Then maybe you're trusting him. Or maybe from the other side, you get a text message. It's going to be protests. What is your first response? Lord, how do you want me to do in this case? Or is it, how can I get out of here? Right? Again, what is your first thing? I think that's a very good test, right? We don't, and again, so I'm not saying you can't move to the UK. might be very good reasons to move to the UK. Um, but do it out of faith, not out of fear. And not out of faith, well, in the wrong thing. In things that can't save you. In crocodiles that are going to be hunted and killed, and you with them as the fish. Uh, you get the message, right? No, we, we can't trust these things. Uh, I think sometimes that's great to see. When the virus first broke out in Wuhan, of course, five million people tried to leave Wuhan, understandably. 
but other people stayed. In fact, there were missionaries who stayed. I mean, they had every right and the foreign passport to just leave. Instead, they said, well, God, you know, I believe God has called us here. He wants us to be here at this time. And so we're going to stay, no matter the danger. And that feels very much like letting yourself go, right? Into the abyss and and trusting God will catch you. Then I'm going to stay here in Wuhan at this time. Well, but that's what God called them to do. And so, yeah, are we trusting him? Are we open that maybe he wants us to stay in Hong Kong? Again, I'm not saying he does, but let's seek him and let us trust him. Right? I think it's partly what you expect. I think most of us, we think, well, God surely must give me a comfortable life. And if anything is uncomfortable, that can't be God's will. Well, sometimes God gives us an uncomfortable life, but he is with us. And he's got this great future, right? Back in Babylon, yeah, the Babylon wasn't great. But they stayed there because they were trusting in God and his great future. Because we know Jesus is going to come back. Now, I don't know what, when we'll see empires fall here in this world. But they will certainly fall when Jesus returns, right? Then everyone will see that he is the Lord and no one else. And all the nations will bow before him. And then where will you be? Will you be one of the fish who is trusted in the wrong thing? Will you be standing with Jesus and be welcomed into his kingdom? I, I hope we'll be trusting him, right? I, I hope we'll be there because we've, we've trusted him, we've lived for him. That's the right place to be. And so, yeah, let's keep being with Jesus, keep living with him, for him. And, you know, there's nothing that can stop him saving you. You know, maybe you feel after a talk like this, yeah, I've trusted in the wrong thing and I've been proud and, you know, how can I be with Jesus? You know, we've seen what kind of people Jesus likes though, right? He doesn't like people who boast and say, I'm so great. He wants people to be humble, who say, yeah, I'm, I'm a sinner and I've, <laughs> I've made a mess of things. You are God and I'm not. That's the right attitude. And he welcomes you with open arms. So come back to him. Come back to him and, and then live with him as your Lord, wherever he may place you. Right? Knowing that we can't trust any of these other things. Because we know he is the Lord and no one else. Well, let's pray for that, shall we? Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, thank you that you are the Lord, no one else. Father, forgive us when we trust in the wrong things, when we trust in things that that seem good, that seem powerful, and yet they can't save. Uh, Thank you that sometimes you show that to us. You make it clear to us that these things, we can't trust in them. Help us to learn the lesson. Help us not to be fish. Help us to keep walking with you, trusting with you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that we can come to you and You don't demand anything of us. Father, thank you that you don't give security in exchange for freedom. Thank you that you don't give freedom in exchange for trade. You just give freely out of your grace and love, and we can be with you. Father, help us to trust you, whatever that may bring. Thank you that uh, we can do that. In Jesus' name, amen.